This is the Team Clear Coat Podcast. We're two friends finally doing something about our obsession with cars. We're probably not doing it well, but it should be fun, and we might actually learn something along the way. I'm Dave. And I'm Ian. And this is our show. Ian. Hello, Dave. How are you doing, buddy? I am great. How are you? Excellent. Ian, we have a guest in the blanket for today. I know. And this is our first ever guest via Skype video. So now we're looking at a screen of someone looking at us and it's a little weird, but hello. How's it going, fellas? So with us today, we have Matt Covert, the founder of Racers HQ. Matt, tell us what Racers HQ is. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. This is going to be a lot of fun, a definite break from all the technical stuff I normally get into. So I'm the founder of Racers HQ. I started my performance driving career in film and television as a professional stunt driver. And I transitioned into building a website called Racers HQ that gives free advice and tactical driving strategies for aspiring racing drivers. And we just recently launched a digital magazine called Racers HQ Magazine. And I get to interview top-level racing drivers and extract their best career strategies and driving advice and pass them directly on to you, aspiring racing drivers. This is a huge monumental project, but it's going very well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, first off, let's... Well, uh, hold on. I, I just really appreciate that you let off your your like little intro with, I'm glad that we're, I'm not going to be weighed down by expertise in this, <laughs> in this show. And you're correct. You're correct. I'm on the team clear coat podcast and I've set my expectations appropriately. Low. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. This is, this will be a, a much, a much more fun than the normal stuff. Like people are like, Oh, um, I don't understand slip angles. What do I do about this? I'm like, uh, well, let me just get into this technical thing. So this is going to be so much fun. Yes. Great. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think we need to get into slip angles when I'm driving my Infinity M45 slowly <laughs> around a racetrack. <laughs> yeah. Step one: t- remove the roof rack is probably where you need to. Do, what you need and, to do. And put on extra traction control, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's typically it. Uh, so, real quick, uh, let's talk about stunt driving. We, I mean, we have to talk about stunt driving, right? Yeah. You, absolutely. you can't say stunt driving, and we you I just mean, can't like, just gloss yeah, over that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tell us about Of course. That. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I was in high school. I was in my senior year and everyone's figuring out what they're going to do for, you know, their life and all this other stuff. They're like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm like, no, I'm going to go drive cars like a maniac. Right. So I go down to New Jersey to a uh, stunt driving school who was um, being instructed or owned at the time by, you know, guys, top level, like A-lister stunt guys who had just done, you know, the Bourne Ultimatum movies and Indiana Jones and all the Spider-Man movies. And they had this really awesome two-day course down there. So I went down there, hung out with them. Um, I went home, made a demo video with this amazing Fox body Mustang Cobra clone that I bought just for that. Passed the video around, got my first job as a stunt driver in the History Channel, driving a minivan (laughs) around a racetrack for some project commercial thing. It was really fun. And I did a bunch of that stuff part-time for the next five or six years. Um, probably the coolest thing I ever got to do, uh, I did some work in Seattle under Steve Buckley, who was one of the original stunt drivers on the Dukes of Hazard TV show. Really cool stuff. I was never a Hollywood A-lister. I just did a bunch of independent projects. But, man, you get to meet some cool people, drive some cool cars, and you get a lot of great stories out of it. That's that's amazing. I- I, I wish we could have a uh, I, I wish we could see that demo reel that you put down. Do you still have that like on YouTube or anything? With yeah, you and I, yeah, the Fox body? It's a uh, yeah, it's on uh, it, it is still on YouTube. I think if you if you type in I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna YouTube right now and look it up. I think if you type in uh, Matt Covert Mustang stunt, we'll see if that works. Okay. I bet it will. There's a couple of them because I've had a couple different Mustangs, but huh. yeah, it's on there. It's definitely on there. It's titled uh, Matt Covert Performance Driving Demo. That was the first one. Ian, we need to make like a, an old man driving demo for yeah. me, and and a <laughs> it's just you putting your bicycle on your roof rack <laughs> and then taking it off again, and then you dodging Denver potholes in your ridiculous <laughs> slammed Arthur. I would definitely get some jobs just out of that, I feel like. <laughs> like evasive well, driving know, jobs. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that uh, you know when I started doing this. 
you know, I, everyone gets to know that, oh, that guy's a stunt driver, you know, all this cool stuff. And everyone's always asking you questions and they all want to ride around town with you. But dude, I'm totally with you. I drive like a grandpa on the road because I get all of my craziness out, you know, on the track or doing stunts. And so people are like, are you seriously driving like 30 miles an hour? I'm like, yes, this is how you drive safely. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, st- and stunt driving. So, I mean, basically like the big difference between stunt driving and, and race car driving is that like, is, is just, uh, you're doing something, stunt driving is you, you're just doing, you're following direction over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And race car driving is, is slightly different than that. Cause you're following your own direction instead of somebody else's. Right. Right. Yeah. There are a couple big differences. Like you say, the first one is you're, you're under someone else's guide. Right. And so they call it making tracks. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn how to do something that's very complicated over and over and over again, exactly the same way in exactly the same place. Right. Because a director is going to come up to you and say, look, we've got this camera here. Here's your mark. This is a $500,000 camera. Please don't hit it. But you need to come within four inches of it. And you do that six times in a row so we can make sure we get the good shot. So you really have to be on point to get this stuff to happen without costing anyone a fortune or ruining somebody's production, right? The second difference is that stunt driving and racing are completely opposite. There is no overlap in them. And I was really surprised to find this out because when I transitioned into racing, I thought I was going to show up to my first autocross and absolutely crush everybody. But I did not do well (laughs) because stunt driving is all about going very, very slow while looking chaotic right. and it's actually okay. it's actually pretty safe for uh, you know for what it looks like and racing is all about being smooth and fast and looking it's, so they're totally different it's all about how you manipulate the weight transfer of the vehicle it's very interesting hmm. yeah uh yeah so I, I like that you could be a professional stunt driver and then show up and not do well at autocross but but you're exactly yeah. <laughs> right those are, those are two completely different dif- disciplines uh so uh what was what was the first car you took to autocross yeah, my first one, and this is one of the reasons I was so like, I was like, oh my gosh, what, what is happening right now? I should be better than this, right? Because I had a 97 Miata M edition, oh. which is a fantastic car. Yeah. And, and there's only a few of them that they got the, like the wooden, uh, uh, the wooden shift knobs and the, you know, the e-brake handles and stuff had the torsion rear differential, some upgraded suspension components, great car, beautiful handling car. And I totally should have won had I known what I was doing. So for someone, it's probably easier for someone to learn how to start racing rather than come out of stunt driving to go race. Hmm. I, I like that. So when, when you said Miata M edition, I could see this go through your eyes, Ian. You, and you, you reached <laughs> for your computer to start Googling what the M edition was. I didn't do it. And, I didn't do it. I know. You held yourself back, and then you said wooden shift knob and handbrake handle, and Ian was like, yeah, that's right. That, that was the one that came with the wooden <laughs> shift knob. And the, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that. We, we avoided playing a game of look it up Ian on the show. Yeah. So, so thank, a, thank you, Matt. Yeah. It's a, it's a really boring game. That yeah. Happens there's just every episode dead air on the show while Ian's Googling the differences between an Eagle TSI and TSX. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's see here. So let's talk. Let, what do you want to talk about, Ian? Well, I want to explore the weight transfer thing because that's yeah. something that like, I know that I've, so I've done a little bit of racing, um, and I have trouble with it. And it was something that you were kind of struggling with too on our track, our most recent track day, because I had a forty-one hundred pound car to manage, Ian. <laughs> right. Yeah. So when I get when I first get into a, a a car and I like I start to try to push it, sometimes I have a hard time um, uh, telling the difference between weight transfer and tire and tires become uh, losing grip. Um, and so like how do you how do you just hop into a new car and learn learn what the weight transfer like foibles are gonna be? That's the a thing that I actually struggle with a lot personally. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a really tricky thing because it, it takes a little bit of time to adjust to whatever you're doing, you know. So so you mentioned the difference in weight transfer between stunt driving and racing, and so it's it's really easy to describe, and it'll it'll click for you um, as soon as I as soon as I describe it. So in stunt driving, they want you to go slow and they want you to be sideways, and right. they want you to make smoke and be really excited, right. you know, the the illusion of of there being no control, right? Mm-hmm. And so to do that, if you think about what a stunt driver has to do, he really is he has to make the rear end. Be always sideways because that's very very exciting. Okay, so doing for a stunt the wrong, driver, doing the wrong thing the right way. 
basically. Exactly. Exactly. About. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So for someone to do that, you have to really know how to manipulate weight transfer. So if a stunt driver needs to get the rear sideways, he's going to brake very, very late, and he's going to slam the brake pedal. We talk about being sort of smooth, you know, in racing, and you instead of being smooth, you want to jam it, right? So you're shifting a ton of weight to the front of the vehicle and making the rear end light, and that means that you can lock up the rear tires very easily, either either with a handbrake or with the foot brake sometimes, depending on how the car's tuned, right? right? In racing, it's the opposite. You want to create the least amount of weight transfer possible, and uh, when a car's weight is uh, closer to neutral, it has more potential grip all the way around. So that is the main difference. Right. That makes sense, yeah. So there's like a delay in the, the video and the audio are uh, are definitely out of phase a little bit. So it yeah. looks like you're still talking and then you, you finish your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's because we're powering all of this from a laptop I found on the corner. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. Uh, no, so, um, so, so what do you daily drive? Uh, you know, give me the rundown of cars, favorite cars you've had, stuff like that. Sure. All right. Right now, I have a uh, 2013 Subaru BRZ. Okay. It's the car that I won. Uh, I won the street class at New uh, New Hampshire in an autocross championship last year. Great car. Fantastic. I'm probably going to part with it. I'm not doing a ton of racing this year. Um, I'm kind of just focusing on the magazine a little bit more, but you know, I'm getting invites to do some other racing with other people's stuff, so that's cool. So that car is probably going away. I also have a 2001 Civic, which I love beyond anything I've ever had. Uh, it was. I, I rebuilt the motor in it a couple years ago, and it's great. It's got 216,000 miles. It's got no nice. rust. It's a perfect car. I love it. Um, I haven't had like a real wild car in a while. My first real good performance car, like I mentioned earlier, was the. Uh, it was a 1988 Fox Body Mustang Cobra clone. It was nasty. I saved up all year to buy it just so I could have a stunt car to make videos with. It had. I don't know, probably close to 400 horse, had a fresh motor, it would spin tire in fourth gear, it was stupid, it was amazing, and uh, kind of bounced around a few things, had the Miata, and then bounced around a couple times again, landed on a 2014 Mustang GT track pack, uh, which was equally ridiculous, and there's another stunt driving demo with that car that I did in Pennsylvania for something, so I've had a little bit of everything, and uh, right now I'm just kind of happy to have the Civic, I love that thing. Okay. Okay, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of of just bonkers front wheel drive cars. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. That that's awesome. Hey, yeah. And and I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna kind of like shiny ball squirrel for a second. <laughs> One thing that I really like about what you said about your uh, your website and your magazine is that it's free. Uh, talk to talk to us about like why it's free and and how all of that. Yeah, all of that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So the website is always free. Um, that's been around for almost two years now. There's a ton of free re- resources on there. Stuff we've put a lot of work into. There's uh, a, a, one of the the greatest things if if you're into the technical stuff. It's called the Chalkboard Session Video Series, and that just goes over all these amazing concepts like yaw angles and coefficients of frictions and weight transfer and all these other ridiculous things that no one wants to put their face in a book to read anymore. So they're all on the internet in these great videos. Really excited about those. Those are all free. There's also a really great guide. I think it's like a 52-page guide uh, to teach you my personal process for approaching a business owner and being able to use their parking lot as a as a private practice space for motorsport. Oh. Uh, really valuable stuff. Tons of seat time. So that's free on the website. Um, I've, I've also been doing a podcast. I think there's I think episode 30 will be out tomorrow, and that's gained a lot of traction. I've had some great guests on there. That's always free. And uh, the magazine is is very very new. That is not free. It's two ninety nine a month, uh, which I think is pretty reasonable. It's all digital. You can get it on your smartphone or your tablet. Download the Racer JSQ magazine app and uh, get going with a free issue inside there. So I just love information. There's not enough people moving. Um, uh, motorsport information, um, you know, in, as far as performance and gaining traction and getting better in this niche. So I am very excited to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you, I think you've really hit on a good point as far as uh, people moving that motorsports knowledge into like a, a free space because obviously there's uh, a ton of like forum stuff to go through, you know, depending on what you're into, but that quantity of information can be really paralyzing. Like if you're just trying right. to figure out like. If if I have like three grand, what should I build to do like 
autocross, you know, or, or like, what are the things I should be worried about, you know, for autocross, things like that. Well, and especially in a forum setting, you're going to end up with like 17 people telling you you're doing it the wrong way. Exactly. And none of them actually have any of the cars, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and there, there are a couple different categories of motorsport information. There's free stuff and there's paid stuff and there's old stuff and there's new stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So the old stuff are books by Nikki Lauda, Carol Smith, Ross Bentley, the Skip Barber book, Henry Watts, all incredibly valuable stuff that you can get on Amazon for relatively cheap in comparison, you know, as far as education goes or anything like that. Right. But nobody wants to sit down and put their face, you know, against black ink on white paper anymore. That's not the culture we have. Right. So, even though that's paid stuff, it's just kind of being phased out by our culture, right? Mm -hmm. And so the new stuff is going to be digital. It's going to be YouTube videos because those are easy to consume and you can watch them, you know, from your pocket on your smartphone or or wherever. So that's kind of where this is going. And I I feel like more people will be transitioning more and more into that. I've been talking to Ross Bentley quite a bit. He's an amazing uh, uh, coach, international racing coach from the Speed Secrets brand who he wrote the books. You know, he's just a fantastic driver, lots of championships, and he's moving into a lot of more digital stuff as well. So it's definitely going in that direction. So I'm excited to kind of be on the leading edge of that transition. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what are your, what are your thoughts on? So I, you know, I, we've been kind of concentrating our efforts on like the, uh, the budget endurance racing sort of thing, as far as like barriers to entry being pretty low. And also I think our, the, the way I always describe it to people is, is like dollar per seat time, uh, ratio is really good. Um, do you, you recommend those as, or is the, do those just end up teaching you bad habits and stuff? Well, I guess it all depends on what you're interested in. You know, like if you, if you're not involved in something that you're really, really interested in getting into, then it's not going to pay off for you at all. So it, it all depends, you know, like if you have less money, you're definitely going to want to look at something like autocross because everything usually happens at a regional level, you know, where you get into something like chump car, you're talking a lot more money. There's a lot more safety stuff you have to cross. The barrier to entry is still really low in comparison to everything else out there, right. but it's not autocross, you know? So it really all depends on, on, on what you're doing and where you're going. So for someone who doesn't have a lot of money or someone who has a particular budget, not only do you have to look at the racing series, but you have to look at where your car is going to be most competitive. You know, like there are two types of drivers. The first type wants to just focus on driving and be amazing at driving. And the other type loves throwing shiny parts on the car. They love the tuning aspect, you know. But if you want to win, you have to get into a car and put that car into the class that you have enough money to maximize against the rule book, right? Right. So you can't jump into a class where someone else is going to have more money and be more competitive. That doesn't make sense. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, with, with what Ian and I are doing, you know, we're, we're focusing mainly on maximizing that, that, you know, seat time to dollar. And like with, with something like chump car lemons, if you live in an area of the country, like, like we do, we live in Denver, uh, there's really only one or two races per year that are local to, to us, but there's probably autocross stuff happening several times a month. Yeah, absolutely. And I should be doing autocross, but I'm a shit mechanic. Yeah, you so are. So I shouldn't you be doing are. autocross. And no, you should not be doing <laughs> autocross. Yeah, because because if, if it's in a parking lot and there's painted stripes on the ground from uh, parking, yes. your car's not going to be able to make it over the paint. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let's see here. So I, th- I think another thing about the free the free aspect of the information that you have online that I, that I really like is that there is whenever you're at a racing event or some kind of automotive enthusiast event, just simply walking around and talking to people is an amazing way to, to get free information because it seems like everybody is super interested in, in sharing. Talk about some of your experiences uh, with that and, and kind of the culture of communication around, around those areas. Yeah, racing is really interesting, you know, up to a certain point where it's it's not even, you know, in the super pro level. Uh, there's almost no animosity in racing at all. So, I mean, especially if you're going to autocross or any event where there's no purse to be won information just flows so freely. So if you go down and you want to talk to the fast guy. And ask him a quick, go up and ask him. He's gonna, he's gonna talk to you. He'll probably jump right in your car with you, drive your car if you want him to, or just ride with you and give you all the free advice that you want. It's amazing. 
You know, even at the semi-pro level, it's exactly the same. You know, if someone comes up to me and says, hey, can you help me with this? Or, or I don't know what to do with my sway bars. I love topping, talking shop. I'll talk to that guy all day. It's really fun, you know? And even even at like the Pirelli World Challenge level, I was talking to uh, Tom O'Gorman the other day. The uh, he won, he just won the uh, Pirelli World Challenge in the TCB category, and he's he, his his information around his uh, his team it flows freely too. People always are coming up to him and saying, "Hey, how's this? What's this going on here? Can we check this out?" Of course they can. So people are really quick to help you out and and get you going. You know, especially if you're not competing, you know, directly with them at the pro level. So you know, I I know we probably all know Randy Popes. He's one of the guys who who made the transition from autocross to pro racing, and he is he's another resource. I mean, he's just a veteran, and he, he loves talking to people and helping them out. You know, so it's out there. If you need help, then what you should be doing is taking advantage of experts' knowledge rather than wasting your time time trying to figure out something that someone else has already mastered. Right, right, yeah. and and simply showing up and spectating at those kinds of events is is just. I mean, you don't have to have a car to show up. True. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing you know about some of these other race series, like the 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 endurance series, is that you can rent seats. Yeah, you know, you don't have to own a race car, which is uh, a really appealing thing for someone like me who doesn't barely knows how to turn a wrench. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing too, is you don't even have to be driving the car to right. get started. I was chatting with, uh, with Tim O'Neill, the owner of the Tim O'Neill rally school here in New Hampshire. And he was on the podcast, my podcast a few episodes ago and him and all, most of the pro drivers that I talk to, they say the first step is to just go and check stuff out and talk to people and ask questions. You know, like you don't have to be driving anything, but networking and communication and you know, doing a little self-marketing is the, one of the biggest things in racing throughout your entire career. So you're meeting people, getting help from people, helping other people, and that's the way you get started. And you don't have to be driving at the very beginning. Right. Yeah. So so let's talk about uh, let's talk about the cultural aspect of what you've seen through racing over the years. Let's uh, let's talk about how you've seen it change since you started. Sure, sure. I haven't been in it nearly as long enough as um, uh, some of the other people that I interview. You know, like that's the sweet spot of my brand is that you know, I you know the stunt driving stuff. Like that's my jam. I can talk all day about that stuff. I've seen sure. that change a lot. You know, but I'm, I'm still a little too new in racing to talk about too many changes. You know, and so that's why I like talking to other guys. Um, and w- one of the best examples I can definitely tell you things that they've told me. I was able to get a 20-minute chat with rally legend David Higgins a few weeks ago for uh, uh, the next issue of the magazine that's coming out. And this guy has been in it since like the late 80s. And he is amazing. He has 21 championships under his belt. The guy is the boss when it comes to stage rally. Yeah. And so it was really interesting talking to him about the changes, especially in technology that, that's been out. You know, He says you know, every couple of years, the style of winning race driving it changes because the technology is changing. The engineers are coming up with new things. The rules are changing. Everything is getting adjusted. And whenever that happens, the driver has to say, okay, I need to drive this car in a brand new way to maximize this new thing's performance. So being amazing in 91 is not the same as being amazing in 95 or 99 or 2017. So for someone like him, and I asked him, I said, how do you stay ahead of the curve? Like, how do you know what's going to come up? And he just does as much research as possible. When I talked to him, he was about eight weeks out from his next next major event and he was at the time he was watching 40 to 60 hours of onboard video at the place he was going to be racing that is a wow. true champion so he does everything he can to stay ahead and i think that's why he's so successful hmm. right on hey, uh don't hesitate to talk about the culture changes that you've seen in stunt car driving we, we can certainly get into that Sure. Uh, yeah, let's do it. One of the biggest things that changed, especially here in the Northeast, and uh, this started happening, I think, somewhere around the early '90s, and, and just it kept spreading up and spreading up. There, that used to be. Uh, it used to be that in the stunt industry, the only way to get in was to make friends with somebody, and then they would bring you on the set and recommend you to someone. It's very hard to get in, you know. But now, as time has gone by, there are a lot of schools that have been opened by these you know, uh, older, older generation of stunt guys who used to be the big dogs. And so now rather than performing, they're teaching. So they're pumping out graduates all over the country and it's just changing the industry so fast. So even for me in the last five years, three stunt driving schools opened here in the Northeast and 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 it flooded the market. Yeah. So, you know, what used to be a 300 hour dollar job 
became, you know, $400 a day, $100 a day, and it wasn't worth driving four states over to do something anymore. That was the catalyst for me stepping back and saying, I need to figure out something new and get ahead of the curve, hence the website and the podcast and the magazine. So technology is always changing. When a new generation comes in, they're going to mix things up and make things better. You know, and you certainly can't blame someone like that for opening a school. You know, I mean, I love capitalism. It totally made my life really hard until I started figuring out something else. But you have to take what you have, maximize it, and move on. Right, right. That makes sense, yeah. So what do you what do you say we play some FMK cars? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yes, let's do it. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, explain it. Okay, so FMK cars is a game uh, that, that we came up with. Uh, when Dave was bored at a conference one time. Um, it's based on the classic game of Fuck, Mary Kill, but we play it with cars instead of people because we're nice. Um, <laughs> and so uh, fuck means you're going to drive it for a day. You're going to hit it and quit it. Mary means it is your new daily driver, warts and all. K means kill. It's going to the crusher immediately. That's and right. so sometimes we <laughs> add a little twist in there, uh, but that's the those are the those are the rules. So I'll go uh, ahead and, and lead us off here. Let me pull up my browser here, and this one is about racing discipline. So in this one, you're going to get a car and a racing discipline to use that car for, uh, but that is that is the only car you have for this specific discipline. Okay. So, so first up, we have autocross. Right? Everybody loves autocross. I've done it uh, poorly. <laughs> and, uh, and Ian's going to someday. Yeah. Uh, but the car that you have for autocross is a Hummer H1. <laughs> Can you? Oh, wow. Um, I would. If well, I well you got to wait. You got to wait because so, you're going to get three. Yep. And then okay. you'll get, uh, then you'll assign F to one, M to, to another, and K to another. There okay. Go. I got it. I got it. Okay. Yep. That's right. Okay, let's see here. So then you have autocross and the Hummer H1. Up next, we have uh, dirt track racing, short dirt track racing. All right. The car that you get for that is a classic Mini Cooper. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, okay. 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 Right. Front All wheel right. drive, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, then lastly, uh, Rallycross. All right. The car that you get for Rallycross is a Rolls Royce Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> interesting okay all right um wow this is a really tough one okay uh, i would have to say that i mean obviously the the age one i have a lot of respect for but in autocross it would be uh it would be uh just a, a massive joke so i mean I, I i is there an option to just set it on fire and walk away is that a, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Can kill, that's that? kill with fire yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. okay all right i'm definitely killing killing the hummer <laughs> I, I i would i have to autocross Something crazy, inappropriate uh, someday. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, just the, just the crazy body roll, and that that would be amazing. But having to do that, you know, if that's what you'd marry, that that would be intense. Yeah, yeah. Your that, daily commute that, is an autocross yeah. course. That wouldn't, and uh, no, yeah, that would yeah. work. Yeah, that would okay. be a very complicated relationship. All right, so <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Yeah, I, you know what? I I would I would love to take. Uh, a, did you say Rolls Royce Phantom? Yes. It, is it a drophead coupe? Tell me it's a drophead coupe. You can, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll let you punt. That, yeah. That is definitely a, a one night stand type of car. I would love to thrash the heck out of that thing and walk away because I don't want to pay for the bill for the parts because that would be absurd. <laughs> right. That is definitely yeah. a one night stand car. I would marry that Mini Cooper so fast, dude. That thing I have right? a run on it within like five seconds. Yeah, nice, nice. I think I think you chose well. Yeah, uh, I feel like, I feel like I made all the right decisions there. What would you do, Ian? I think I would do. Uh, you know what? I think I would go the other way because in in FMK, uh, unless it's specifically mentioned, cost and and practicality are you're just not. They're they're not really uh, factors. R- wrong. You have to pay for phantom parts. I see. Well, that's just how I live my life. Is I just assume that p- cost and practicality are not are not factors. <laughs> uh, but no, I would still marry the Rolls Royce Phantom. Is that your laptop? It, it is. Our Twitch is getting disconnected. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would marry the I would marry the Phantom. I would kill the Hummer also with fire, 
and I would uh, I would f the the mini for one day. Yes, on dirt track. Definitely, yeah. I, I I would marry the Phantom, and then I would I would kill the Mini Cooper and dirt track, and then I <laughs> I would actually uh, f the Hummer and autocross. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's like uh, ten out of ten would troll again. Yes, exactly. Great A trolling showing up yeah. in autocross with the yeah. Hummer. Hello. <laughs> And and you just slowly like put slicks on it, <laughs> like that would make some kind of difference, and then just run over all the codes. <laughs> it's the equivalent of showing up to a like a really serious game of Risk, or like a Risk group, and just knocking the board over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was supposed to hit all of them, right? Yeah. So I won. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Oh, man. All right, Ian, do you have an FMK cars? I do. All right. So this one is one from the archives. This is one we've done on the show in the past, uh, a okay. long time ago. This one is called Because Race Car is the Reason I'm at the Chiropractor or an Ode to Denver's Atrocious Road Maintenance. Uh, <laughs> these are track ready cars with an infrastructure twist. So in these, you get a, uh, there's a twist uh, that will become apparent as I go. So the okay. first one. Aston Martin V12 Vantage GT3. All right. Don't right. get too excited because okay. <laughs> all the bridges you drive on have a 25% chance of collapsing. <laughs> okay. All right. All yes. right. The second one BMW E36 M3 Lightweight. Everywhere you park, there are just down power lines all around you. <laughs> just you're just surrounded so you're going to be doing like the Catherine Zeta Jones in entrapment like uh doing the the thing <laughs> through the laser beams around down power lines got it okay all right last one McLaren F1 GTR all roads you drive on are lined by animal shelters with faulty kennel locks. <laughs> Ian, lo <laughs> Ian lobbed this one at me because I love puppies and kittens. I like to put puppies in, in harm's way for Dave. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's one of my favorite pastimes. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are your choices. Wow, that 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 is uh, this is getting very complicated very yes, quickly. Yes, I think I would immediately have to marry the McLaren because basically what you've told me is that it's just going to be like a puppy autocross all the time. I can, handle that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can handle a puppy autocross. There's no problem with that. The penalty for hitting a puppy cone though is is much higher. <laughs> a little bit higher than a second. Yeah, does, yeah. That, does that affect your soul? I feel like that would affect uh -huh. your soul. Yeah. Like, like, one, minus one soul point for yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if I so if I hit a puppy cone then I can't sleep for a month yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. got it got it um, I'll tell you what guys I like mechanic stuff I like wrenching on stuff but I hate electricity because you can't see it or use it for anything and yeah. I'm just terrible at electricity I would have to man I'll tell you I would just have to walk away from the M3 as much as I like the M3 I hate electricity and I don't want to deal with a down power line so I'm out yeah Okay. Instantly walk away. So Smart. I'm out on that one. Smart. Okay. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, and then uh, I don't know. The, the, the last one's really tricky with the bridges one. <laughs> I think. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think I would have to marry that one too. Is that? Can I do that? I think. No. I would do that. No. 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 You can't <laughs> cheat. There's no cheating. Oh man. Oh, no man. cheating All in right. this made up game. Yeah. Well, exactly. then I, I would have to have a rabid one night stand with that thing because I think the, the added danger involved uh, with the Aston, that would be a really crazy experience. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Dave has to pee. We're not, no, we're not taking a break. Just go. Oh Just go. God. We're going to continue. I'm going to talk about you while you're I gone. Like nine million <laughs> <cups of> <laughs> yeah. He drinks a lot of coffee. I see. I All see. Right. So now that now that it's just you and I, and you can't right. see me because of the way we have our Skype set up. Um, <laughs> so Dave, um, Dave, Dave, and I both, you know, we do some some like, you know, just kind of amateur track driving. I think for both of us, the driving is the end goal. Just the seat time is the is the goal for both of us. I don't think either of us uh, are like trying to work towards a career or anything. But um, I kind of have a hard time getting Dave into the driver's seat sometimes, you know, and I, I think he has a, a, a confidence and maybe, a, a, you know, a, a fear of breaking things or a fear of, of screwing it up sort of thing. So for someone like that, who, who does have a desire to drive, but, you know, is maybe a little hesitant uh, to, to get in, especially wheel to wheel situations, you know, what should I be doing? What should, how should I uh, poke the giant ginger into uh, a, a wheel to wheel situation? 
That is a great question. I answer a lot of questions and no one's ever asked me that one before. Great question. <laughs> I would I would say that the underlying issue here is, like you say, a lack of confidence. You know, it's really scary to jump out and do something that you're not necessarily good at or haven't had a lot of experience with. So I would say the foundation needs to be built here. So I think we need to get into some theory and he needs to start sim racing, um, which is something that will absolutely uh, build confidence toward the real world. I think you're. Uh, I think you're totally right. I think the theory end of it. I think you're onto something with that because, obviously, with this, you can't see it. It's off camera here, but this, this uh, setup that we have here, uh-huh. this, uh, the IT stuff is very much in Dave's realm. The right. the the technical aspect of it. He's it also is. the more uh, gamer uh, focused one of the two of us, and he beats me every time we do any sim racing. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I crash. Yeah. Every time, but if, like you get me into a, like a real car, and I'm like, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, sim racing, you just annihilate me every time. I was, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how we could get you into a wheel to wheel situation. Yeah, you know, I after uh, our last track day, I was thinking about that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you thinking more positively about it? No, I'm thinking less positively <laughs> about it. Also, uh, side note, we need a blanket for urinal. We do right? need a blanket. Just, I, I peed before the show. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Just like right against the wall over there. Perfect. Like, yeah. Why do we get banned from Twitch? Well, <laughs> um, and anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so after our last track day, I, I, I was real, I was talking to my girlfriend about it quite a bit, uh, about how I feel about wheel to wheel racing. And I, I honestly don't know if I'm ever going to do it. Really? Yeah. I really don't. I, this is new ground. Sorry, Matt. We're now we're having a moment. Yeah, that's yeah. All right. That's we, okay. We haven't talked about this. It gets real in the blanket fort sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It it is really intimidating to me. Okay. It really is. Yeah. I I think if I if I like extrapolate like you know five years in the future, mm-hmm. you and I, I would like to have my Saab as a track day car. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go ahead and cage it. We can go ahead and you know fully prep it you know, stage it for the track. But I think I'd like to do, um, you know, rally cross and autocross staged events instead of wheel to wheel. I was going to say, I have bad news for you about rally cross because there are usually other cars involved. <laughs> uh, but they also, I mean, they have the autocross equivalent on dirt and varied terrain, right? Uh, Matt, is that yeah. correct? The SCCA that is, yeah, it's yeah. the SCCA uh, rally cross series. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought that was also wheel to wheel. No, it, okay. I mean there is rally cross racing that is wheel to wheel, but yeah, okay, yeah. So it, it, because I've I've always been the kind of person that really likes competing against myself instead of other people. The sports that I play are very singular. Like I grew up playing tennis. I play a lot of racquetball. Mm-hmm. I like cycling, but I don't like the team aspects of any of those sports. I don't like playing doubles when I play tennis. Um, and, and when it comes to cycling, I prefer cyclocross versus like road racing, which is, you know, where you have to like work it, it, as a team and packs and, you know, trade poles. And, uh, yeah. No, I, I like the solo things. Well, I think that's where, I think, I don't know, that's why I like the the endurance racing because you're still... I, cause I'm still one, I'm still at a point where like I am still competing with myself. I'm not realistically competing with anyone else on the track. You are. And yeah, I'm like, no, that's, and I'm, that's not true. But you, you can treat, you can treat the wheel to wheel racing like Matt's, uh, puppy cross, you know, essentially, right? Like you're competing <laughs> against yourself, but these are just the variables that you have around you. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to trick him into it now. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. Have have you had any friends or or have you seen anybody that was really hesitant to hop into wheel to wheel racing that has has kind of cut over? Not really. I mean, usually when people are just like gunning to go, they're gunning to go. You yeah. know what I mean? A lot a lot of guys they they don't care about wheel to wheel racing. You know, and you might be one of them. You know, I, all the pro solo guys. You know, and there's a lot of them. I mean, and a lot of those guys move on to pro racing careers. So hmm. you know, if it's something you don't want to do yet or you don't ever want to do. Autocross is still your answer. Rallycross is still your answer. Just like you were saying, you know, there's tons of simming out there that's got, you know, stage rally and all this stuff. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be wheel to wheel. We talked about David Higgins. You know, this guy has just mastered the art of stage rally, you know, and you're competing against time. So, I mean, you know, that's not what racing has to be. And that's that's one one argument that I always hear that really gets me is people are like, oh, autocross isn't real. It's not wheel to wheel racing. I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. If that were true, then 
drag racing wouldn't be real. The Baja 1000 wouldn't be real. You know, I mean, all, any hill climb wouldn't be real. That's crazy. That's not an argument. Racing is racing. Right, right. Right. Yeah. It, and so, so I, I'd like to have, you know, a dedicated track day car because obviously a 2006 Infinity M45 is not your best track day <laughs> weapon, right? Uh, as fun as a giant V8 is in yeah. my old man sedan, you yeah. know? Um, but, but honestly, it, is it, I don't know if you're ready for this, Ian. Okay. I would be happy crewing for uh-huh. whatever you drove at for the rest of my life. Really? I would. Wow. I would. I, I really like serving on a pit crew because hmm. like I like, you know, the, the most rewarding times in my career, like in my IT career, have been like during those crazy crisis moments. Like right. the data right. center caught fire. We need to bring it up. That's not a joke. It happened. Uh, you know, like these like really intense adrenaline fueled moments. And so like laying on the floor, holding a transmission over my head <laughs> under a, under a Maserati yeah. is, is something that I look fondly back on. You yeah, know? no, that was fun. Yeah. 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 So, so that kind of stuff I would crew for you, Ian. I, yeah. I like that. That's the, that's a, that's a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 let's talk more about sim racing. Let's uh, let's go yeah. through some setups. I I, I have a, a little PC and I have uh, Project Cars and a set of Corsa. I've got a Logitech G twenty five set up, and I I need to get like a, a nice seat, you know, uh, and, and like that kind of like you know platform for it, you know, because a table from IKEA doesn't do too well. <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about that because I, I've been getting more and more into it. And I actually just uh, about a month ago acquired everything I needed for a really nice top end setup, uh, which I'm really pleased with. And I mean, you know, to be crystal clear, before we talk about any of this stuff, you don't need any of this, you know, this stuff. So right, I mean, right. you talked about you talked about the seat. And uh, you know, you know, a lot of people run like the triple monitors and have the uh, the Logitech or the Drive Force GT Force, whatever it is. But I mean, I've seen guys, you know, set world records on you know some of the sims, and they're doing what you're doing. They have a table, they have one monitor, and they have like a refurbished wheel and pedal set up. No big deal. You don't need this stuff, but it's certainly really cool, you know. And and we like technology because it's fun and the immersion is great. So, um, I have uh, uh, I actually just got a, an open wheeler racing seat. It has all the rails and mounts. It's extremely adjustable. It's got caster wheels. It's really easy to set up. That was like 370 bucks. I have a Logitech G27. It's probably very similar to what you've got. Yep, that yep. was refurbished. It was like 280 I just bought a CyberPower PC with an R7-250X graphics cards. I run, I do run the uh, triple monitors. The monitors are super cheap now. It's not a big deal. Right. Um, you know, I made custom uh, monitor stands and mounts, you know, and it's really nice to have and it's fun and the immersion is amazing because the whole game just wraps all the way around you. Um, but it's definitely not something that you need to have. So if you've got the wheel and one monitor, you're good to roll out. Right, right. Yeah, and and I think one tweak for anybody who's getting into this would be to look at the the field of view settings on your uh, on your PC uh, on the game because increasing that field of view from ninety to like one ten or one oh five mm-hmm. can really kind of change the the game quite a bit for you. Hmm. I, I learned that like playing first person shooters back in the day, but increasing that field of view just a tiny bit, you know, especially if you have one monitor, if you can only afford one monitor, I think that's a really good compromise to make. Hmm. Uh, you you kind of have to walk a balance between like giving it a fisheye kind of feel right. versus just kind of opening that field of view a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. One thing that everyone always talks about when you're getting coaching for race driving or anything is they say, well, look ahead. You can't do that with one monitor. So any little space you can gain on the sides is extremely valuable. That's huge. Yeah, that that is definitely huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But even even I've, you know, when... uh, uh, well, the first uh, race that I did was a chump car race with with my dad and my uncle uh, at Road America. And, you know, one thing that helped enormously was, well, I, I watched tons of hours of uh, Road America footage on YouTube. But then I also, we also played a lot of Project Cars yep, uh, because Road America is one of the tracks on there. Just, to, just so like when I got to the track, it wasn't like, which way does this corner go? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You Get, know, so it was just one less thing to to manage and think about. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll tell you, simulation racing, you know, you can't even call it video gaming anymore. It's just on another whole level. Yeah. And, and, and most pro drivers, that's what they're doing now. I think most of them are using iRacing because yeah. it's a little more advanced than Project Cars or Assetto Corsa. The graphics aren't as good, but the physics engines are definitely there. I mean, right. you got guys like, uh, Dale Jr. and Rubens Barrichello's 
uh, uh, Baricello, Joey Logano, Keselowski, Ryan Hunter Ray, Juan Pablo Montoya, Travis Estrada, Scott Speed, Tony Stewart. These guys are the ones who are using iRacing, you know, to learn new tracks and move on to something else, you know, yeah. and. And the simulation is so realistic. I was I interviewed Glenn McGee a few weeks ago, and he was the first person to get recruited right out of iRacing to go drive a factory Mazda car. And he said that the the transition was so seamless, like the virtual car felt exactly like the rear car, and it was a pretty easy switch, which is unbelievable. Yeah. So the physics the physics engines are definitely there, and uh, I think that's going to be a, a a massive component in the future for driver training. There's already companies like Virtual Racing School. They're coming out with data packs so you can you know have your onboard analytics and get coaching and it's just a, a huge thing that's going to blow up here if soon at uh, any time now i mean does it does in your experience does sim racing do you think uh reward like certain driving styles over others like does it maybe highlight you know problems that some drivers would have over others or or is it just a benefit for everybody I think that it'll definitely help you unlearn all the things you shouldn't have been doing up to that point because there's only, there's only <laughs> right. one way to go faster, you know, and that's to get your techniques down. Mm-hmm. We talked about, you know, using iRacing or a simulation to help build, you know, your foundation, you know, and the whole point of simulation racing is to develop your instincts and boost your natural subconscious ability to think ahead of the car. An average driver will wait for the car to do something and then react to it, but an instinctual driver knows what's going to happen before he makes the input. So he's already four or five seconds ahead of the car, and iRacing or sim racing is going to help you do that. You know, If you're a track driver, iRacing is the way to go. They GPS and laser map everything, so every single bump is exactly the same. All the distances are the same. A lot of mechanics and pro teams are actually driving on iRacing now, hmm. so that when their driver comes in and says, oh, you know that weird little bump as it goes around turn three? The mechanic goes, yes, I know exactly what we're talking about here's what we can do to change the car you know okay. on top of that okay. the mechanic the, the mechanics will make changes inside the virtual car and 99% of the time they translate perfectly to the regular car so they're saving a ton of time and money not moving all their stuff around the country they're just doing it virtually which i think is amazing yeah if you really want to build instincts um you know you'll want to get on to something like dirt rally the physics are yes. probably 75 to 80 percent of the way there i racing's probably more 99 but uh, if you have any interest in stage stage rally, then uh, you you absolutely want to get in because you'll the biggest thing there is you'll learn the notes from the co-driver. Yeah, you know because there's really no other way to learn that. So if you're if you're driving and even on a course you've never seen, you hear something like keep left over crest eighty and to right three decreases two opens wide into hundred, you're gonna know what that means. Right. And you can just right. move on from there. And, and developing that that cognitive skill of of accepting input while you're driving. Right. right, like right. that audible input, and and actually adapting that instead of just looking at what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to play a lot of a lot of Colin McRae rally back in the day, and right. when I first got like a gaming PC, I was like, I want a rally game, you yeah. know. And uh, and yeah, D- Dirt Rally is amazing. Ian, you and I need to be a rally team. I know. Well, yeah, I cannot be the co-driver though. No, I am the co-driver. You're a horrible passenger. I'm awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, unless we had like a bathroom in the car. For, for, you know. <laughs> well, I will say though that like having you in the passenger seat at our last track day, I did notice that like it's much easier for me. I, don't, I would have to really work on the input side of it. Right. Like, it's much easier for me to to... I can talk through what I'm doing right. with no problem whatsoever, but getting input for what I need to do is more difficult for me. Yeah, we would have to do that with Dirt Rally quite a bit. Yeah. 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 So, so you, I, oh, go ahead, really, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I really like what you said about uh, linking the instinctual hearing from like notes into the physical, because those are two very separate yeah. things. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly complicated to hear something, you know, to hear 20 words in a row that basically say that you need to do these three things split second coming right up while you're thinking four seconds ahead of the car. You know, yep. when, when you're on yep. dirt, things happen so quickly and you're never driving straight. If you're not counter steering, you're not going fast enough. So I think that's really the key uh, if you're interested in stage rally is being able to link that instinct hearing with the instinctual physical ability of thinking ahead of the car. Right. When I started playing Colin McRae Rally to get the most out of it and to, to kind of build that skill up, I would actually repeat the commands back out loud oh, that's while smart. I was sitting in front of my computer instead of just thinking them through. I, w- I would say them out loud. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Ian, let's, yes. be, let's be a rally team. <laughs> Matt, sponsor us. <laughs> no, but if you want to find out, art, if you want to read an article about how to find a sponsor, check out Matt's website. 
Oh, nice. I like what you did there. <laughs> Boom. Synergy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Alec Baldwin on 30 Rock. <laughs> Synergy. That's the best presentation I've ever seen. I love it. I love it. Ian? Yes, sir. What else we got, buddy? Um, well, I was going to maybe uh, grab another another FMK cars. Definitely. From the from the vault. I'm just yeah. uh, looking through one really quick. Right. Um, let me find one. Bup, 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 bup. What is what is the longest race you've ever done, Matt? Uh, let's see. I would have to say that it would be probably up at Loring in the Northeast. They have like a two minute autocross course, which is oh, insane. Wow. The, yeah. the speeds are the speeds are mega high. They get up to sixty or seventy. But I don't do much track driving. Um, like I said, I'm kind of focusing on magazine stuff. But sure, that's that's crazy to, to learn that course and in, in you know two or three course walks and just uh, you know try and tear it up. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is a long course. Yeah, uh, I would probably need one bathroom break during that uh, during that autocross <laughs> run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as we've noticed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm the worst to take a road trip with. Yeah. Anyway, I, I can can confirm. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I do have an FMK cars that uh, from the vault that I think is uh, is appropriate. Um. So this was one where we were discussing uh, infamous. Uh, cheats in motorsports. Yeah, and there you go. In, this is a good one. Cheating in motorsports is like one of the best topics ever. It's so fascinating. But so this one is called Cheaters Never Win. Cars with very interesting cheats. So in this one, you're going to get a car that uh, is not exciting and then a cheat that goes along with it. All right. And remember, this is you're going to be driving on the road. You can also take it to the track, but you is these are road cars. So the first one, 2016 Mazda CX-3. So the little crossover okay, thingy. Right. Uh, right. When driven with your left turn signal on, this car has 500 horsepower. When, oh. it's, when it's off, it has 50. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. okay. 2016 Honda CRV. When driven in reverse, cost of ownership is exactly $0. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So it doesn't count against your oil change, like for whatever. It just magically, it doesn't burn fuel. You can go as far as you can go in reverse, Mister Stunt Driver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then, then your cost of ownership is zero dollars. His answer on this is probably going to be different than everyone else's. Yeah. <laughs> Very appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Good synergy, Ian. I know. 2016 Ford Escape. As right. long as Wilco, and so this was geared towards uh, <sighs> Dave, who does not like the band Wilco. Can't stand him. I don't know where you land on Wilco, but uh, as long as Wilco is playing on the stereo, no speed limits apply to you. Oh, what, what was that model, the last one again? The, the Escape. I was being The dumb. Escape, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Uh, first of all, the uh, was it the which which was the the CRV was that the one with the reverse one? Yes, yes, reverse? yeah, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, that one sounds like an infomercial that's too good to be true. So I'm <laughs> I'm just gonna kill that one. Oh that really? One sounds... I thought you were gonna marry that one. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. No, okay, I'm I'm definitely gonna marry the uh, the Mazda though because I see absolutely no reason to turn the turn signal off ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's kind of a no brainer. <laughs> and I like Wilco, but not that much. So that would be a fun one night stand. I think. Okay. Okay. I like it. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like it. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well done. I, I think I married the CRV because I was like, driving in reverse is super fun. And I used to just do it all the time, <laughs> just through neighborhoods, just whatever. It, my, my dad told me a story about when him and his friend were in college and there was this like roundabout rotunda area and like in front of like the main administration building of their, uh-huh. of their school and my my dad had a 68 roadrunner uh-huh. and he would try to see how fast they could get it going in reverse <laughs> and then you know that like the you know superintendent or whoever was like you know like do you know how fast you were going he's like no the speed limit the the uh, doesn't, work. doesn't work in reverse <laughs> so no i saw a video a few years ago on the internet, I can't remember who did it, but somebody did like a, it was a, it was like a, a rental car challenge. Sure. And one of them was to see uh, which rental car could go the fastest in reverse. Okay. And someone had a Crown Vic and it was like 70 miles an hour in reverse, which sounds terrifying <laughs> and awesome. Yeah, I actually owned a decommissioned P71 
police uh, interceptor Uh and uh those were great cards and there were no limits on anything on those things man you could (laughs) you could take that thing in reverse as fast as you wanted it had an oil cooler i mean it was it would it would it would it was perfect those things are indestructible man like the wheels that come on those things you can hit like an eight inch curb at like 60 miles an hour and you're good to go it's fun Ian, I think we found our next track car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what's interesting about those is that the suspension is actually higher on those because everyone thinks like, oh, they have like sporty suspension. No, it's no. like higher and softer, right? So they can so they can mount curbs, right? Well, I think it also has to do with how much crap they have to carry around with them all right. the time. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, no, that thing is point. pretty much freighted all the time. But I got my first sanctioned win in that P71 doing an SCCA rallycross event in a rear drive car. That's <laughs> awesome. Yes. It, it was like driving a freight liner across the Atlantic, man. I bet. That's, when, that's great. When I was riding the first FMK cars, the autocross car was going to be a Ford Crown Vic. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh yeah, that's that sounds amazing. Yeah. Remember the time we were going out to High Plains Raceway and there were a whole bunch of cop cars coming the other way? Yeah. And we panicked because we figured they were after us. Yeah. Um, no. the, the youths. Yeah, I think they had they uh they had like a like cop cop driving school out there or something. Yeah. So that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be awesome to do. Have you have you dr- done any driving schools or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I've done two. Um, I did, uh, like I said, they're both stunt driving ones. Um, I did one, like I said, in New Jersey with the, uh, with Mike Burke, Roy Farfel and Kevin Rogers, the, uh, the born ultimatum guys, the Indiana Jones yeah, guys. Yeah. And I did one in the Northwest as well, the international stunt school. So there was some driving there. Um, but you know, they taught us how to roll down stairs and be on fire and jump off buildings and you know, all, all kinds of really fun stuff. It was a great two months. Nice. Nice. uh, So when you see stunt driving in movies now, do you pick it apart? Oh, yeah. I can't watch anything without being that really annoying guy who's like ruining everything all the time. Well, that's not realistic. They they never could have done that. Right. (laughs) I I love it when like, you know, you'll hear like like a front wheel drive car will have like, you know, the the oversteer noises or, you know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've basically ruined the whole movie industry for myself now. (laughs) It's like us whenever any IT thing happens on a, yeah. in a movie, we're like, oh, God. No, no, those servers are way louder than that when they're powered on. <laughs> exactly. Any any scene that takes place in a data center is bullshit. Yep, exactly. everyone would just be spending the whole time going, what? Yeah. Huh? It sounds like a jet engine. It's freezing in here. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> exactly. But I, w- I will say that when you do finally come across a movie that has genuinely good driving in it, you really do appreciate it. Yeah. I think one of the, the better ones I saw, you know, I know it's a little older now, but the, the first Jack Reacher movie, there was some hmm. awesome driving in that movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to ask you, that was my next question, like some some movies or media that you've seen that you really admired the work of. Yeah. Yeah, that huh. was definitely one of them. That's okay. absolutely fantastic. Huh. Okay. All right. Now, I guess now there's a reason to watch that movie. I've never seen it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So what about like uh, car shows? I know I noticed I've been paying attention more now towards uh, like uh, Top Gear and some of those other car shows where they do the exterior shots of the car when they're doing a review and talking about ability to drift it. Um and then, you know, a cut back to the inside of the car and they're just putting in like this tiny steering input to correct it. Um, because, you know, a couple of hosts recently have talked about learning how to drift and I want to be able to do it properly on camera. So now I'm like eyed into it and now I can see like, oh, none of these idiots know how to do it. Right. Uh, it's really interesting to me. Is that something you also pick apart or or what shows, what hosts do you think are are legit? I think that Jeremy Clarkson is probably got a lot more chops than people give him credit for. I think he's pretty legit. I think that, uh, I I was never a fan of American Top Gear, but we all know Tanner Faust is a better driver than their American Stig. So that doesn't (laughs) make any sense, but he is amazing. We don't need to worry about him. Um, I know James May just doesn't care about it, so they don't give him some of the crazy stuff anyway. Um, but I think what they probably do is they probably put him out on the track. They do all their stuff. They do whatever they can. And they probably supplement it with you know someone else going out and driving as well. We saw the the premiere of um, uh, oh what what's their new show called? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Grand, the Grand Tour. Tour. Yeah. Grand Tour. Yeah. And they had the P1 <laughs> and the LaFerrari and whatever that other one was. The McLaren. I think it was McLaren. Um, I, I don't think they could have ever gotten the insurance to have those three guys drive those three cars that hard around the track. I just don't think that was real. But 
you know, once they get into a situation where they're doing their comparisons and the Stig, I actually got to interview uh, uh, White, White Stig uh, for an issue of the magazine. Um, and that guy is legit. I mean, he does all of his driving on the show. So yeah, I mean, Ben Collins, and I, he, he's also got, yep, exactly. he's also a, a major stunt driver, right? He's, he's the guy who did all the yeah. James Bond and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right? That, that was one of the coolest things about connecting with him and getting him in the magazine was his, uh, I actually reached out to him through his publishing company. He had a new book come out and I was like, Oh, I can definitely use this because you know, he was marketing to new, new racing drivers and mm-hmm. basic drivers. And I was like, Hey, this is my market. So, you know, he did an interview with me for the magazine cause we have the same type of uh, sub niche. But one of the coolest things was his publishing company sent me a media pack, mm-hmm. a bunch of photos of him, photos of him doubling James Bond, you know, in uh, Casino Royale and all these other really cool things. So he is absolutely an incredible driver, you right. know, whether it's film or track driving or, or anything like that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ian? Yeah. Uh, Matt, let, I think we'll wrap it up. Let us know where people can find you on the internets. Sure, absolutely. Uh, my Instagram is growing really fast right now. It's at Racers HQ, and it's just a, a ton of just really quick hitting clips. I like to try and capture lightning in a bottle and deliver it to your feed. So lots of fun motorsport stuff happens there. If you go to RacersHQ.com, there's the free blog, all those free resources I talked about earlier, and of course the magazine is uh, available on a free app on Apple. And through the Google Play Store, you can get your first issue free. Check it out. The best drivers in the world giving you their best strategies. They already made it, and I'm giving their best information to you. So that's kind of where we're at. And uh, guys, I really appreciate you having me on the show. This is really fun. I, yeah. I love the games and uh, and all the chat. So I really appreciate your time. Don't don't forget yeah, your course. podcast. Yeah, subscribe to Matt's podcast, Racers HQ. <laughs> no, we we we'll promote it. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Uh anytime you want to come back, let us know and uh and uh you know, I'll keep I'll keep working on Dave and sim racing and try to get him in the car a little bit more. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. Right. No problem. Thanks. Thanks. 